0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to We Dig Tennessee. I'm your host Matt Mingus, and I think we got a a good episode for you here today. Uh, we got a couple of guests with us. We've got Mr. Craig Ingram from Tennessee eight one one. How you doing today, Craig?
1: Doing good, Matt. Hey, guys.
0: And then we've got Mr. Roger Cox. How are you, Roger?
2: I'm uh, I'm a hanging in there, brother. Thanks for the invite.
0: Man, I'm, I appreciate you taking some time out to to come on and join us. Uh, and you know, one of the reasons we brought Roger on is because he is a uh, he, he does a fantastic, well, he, he helped, he's the one who puts on the, the damage prevention summit here in Nashville every year with Tennessee eight one one. But as a part of that, he does a, a great seminar on damage investigation. So we're going to talk with Roger a little bit about that today. Uh, but Roger, if you don't mind, man, I always like to start with kind of finding out who you are, where you're from, your, your experience in the industry and kind of how you got to where you are today.
2: Well, thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. So, uh, I've actually been in the industry longer than most folks have been alive. Um, started back in 75, and, and when I got out of the Navy, uh, I started building TV cable systems, rural cable systems in Arkansas, and did that for like 15 years. Sold them, uh, went to work for a municipality, was a water wastewater superintendent for a number of years, and then public works director. And during that time, I met Dale Enoch, who was executive director of Arkansas One Call. Um, we worked on some projects together. Eventually, they began a new venture in 1998, 99. Uh, it was called Arcups, the only not for profit contract locating company in America. And uh, they hired me to be the CEO of that group. Did that for a number of years and then was the CEO or executive director of Arkansas One Call when. My friend Dale Enoch, retired, did that for like uh, seven, eight, nine years, somewhere in that neighborhood, and started this company, AXE now. AXE is an acronym standing for Aligning Change to Succeed. And uh, we began a company that was going to be focused on working with one-call systems primarily initially. We have a different group of folks we work with today, but still primarily one-call issues, damage prevention and So we do a ton of consulting. Summits is one of the tools we use to promote damage prevention. The 811 magazine that we also do for Tennessee 811 and uh, eight other states uh, is another tool we have. And we also develop customized training. So I'm not a publisher and I'm I'm not a ringmaster. What I am is a guy who's worked in dirt all of his life and just learned to pick up some new tools.
0: Yeah, that, that's awesome. And I think everybody can can hear from what Roger's saying. He's kind of been in every side of the industry, so he's got a very unique perspective to, to what we're going to talk about today, um, which is damage prevention. And and so, Roger, let me ask you this just to kind of kick this off. is From a contractor's perspective, how valuable do you think a, a solid damage investigation is?
2: Well, I think it's more critical probably today uh, than it was when I started out as an excavator long years ago when there were utility offices in you know, every little old town and you, you work together with those utility personnel and you just kind of work things out. But today with the uh, claims being such an important process that excavators have to deal with, uh, I think a damage investigation process is one of the most critical tools you have because it, it has the potential to cost a hound out of you if you're not prepared when a damage or near miss occurs.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. Um, all right, so what are in your experience? What are the I guess the first keys to getting a solid damage investigation started? What when you when you have a damage? Which and just to clarify, if anybody listening is confusing what i mean by damage i mean a damage or a dig into an underground facility existing underground utility line Uh, so if you have a damage what's the what's the first steps that the people on site should take
2: well the first step (laughs) the first step probably should have been taken before somebody got on site honestly uh, not trying to avoid the question exactly but uh the the organization needs to determine if they want a damage investigation process uh, that works not just hey go out and take some photos of the damage and the reason you do that is because there is the possibility as remote as it may seem that the damage occurred as a result of a failure on our part as an excavator uh We'd like to think that we always get it right, but we really know we probably don't. So the deficiency may not be with the operator. The deficiency may be with the training program for the operator within the company. So a damage investigation really uh, has a purpose to expose whatever, deficiency, uh, whatever deficiencies there are. It could be lack of communication. could be poor locating. It could be poor excavation practices. It could be poor training practices. There's a number of other things it could be. So to expose those deficiencies is the purpose. Now, when we're on site, what we need to do is we, we need to step back and be objective about looking at what happened and you know answer those questions. What happened and what could we have done to keep it from happening? And that's a process that takes not a lot of time, but it does take a little bit of time. It mainly takes uh some logical some some organized thinking uh we we try to help people understand the value of a form and you know photos taking photos may not be any good taking photos that tell a story that's what you're trying to do and then we personally believe in the power of sketching uh, we could talk about that later we don't have time to do that today probably but sketching and photos are critical elements of any investigation
1: and, Roger, I think it's important that the photos don't begin when the damage occurs. The photos begin, you know, before your excavation starts. Is that your take on it?
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And, of course, today with all the smartphones we've got, photos are a no-brainer. But what what I've learned uh, over the years of teaching these courses in so many different states and with companies is that unfortunately we don't teach our folks how to take photos so they don't tell a story. You can date and timestamp a photo that still doesn't tell you anything. You know, it just tells you the date and the time.
1: Yeah, you need the angle. You need the reference points. You need to be able to convey what it is that you're capturing in that image.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, th- and those typically would be a, you know, a pre-work photo. Uh, you know, GPS points easy to capture on a smartphone, date and time stamp, uh, kind of the route you're going to be working, the reference point that you're going to be working. So if there is a problem, you can connect with that reference point after the fact, uh, you're a step ahead.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And, you know, one of the things that I don't want to characterize damage investigations as adversarial because it's already going to feel adversarial when you're trying to defend yourself by doing an, a damage investigation. But you know, locate contractors and, and some of the larger utilities who locate for themselves, they are capturing images uh, just a million times over. So if an excavator is capturing no images of pre-excavation and post-excavation, then they are already at a huge deficiency in trying to support their claim that they're not responsible uh, or that there was, you know, some extenuating circumstance.
2: That's true. Uh, In the, in the program we teach, one of the reasons to do damage investigations is that the other side always does. And so if you're the only one that's going to be before claims or court, whichever the case is, and you don't, you don't have the proper documentation, which could include photos and sketches, et cetera, uh, there's a good chance, even if you're right, you're going to lose.
0: Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, you know, d- documentation is vital to a good a good damage investigation. So, let me ask you this: What are uh, some steps that a contractor should take to document their job site appropriately before or after work?
2: Well, uh, as Craig just mentioned, you know, photos in advance of the job. Uh, are very important anymore i i I won't say they're critical obviously after the fact they're critical but before before it all happens what you're what you're wanting to do is just document the the route that your work's taking if at all possible and if there are any changes then certainly those need to be documented just as a matter of reference should something unexpected occur it's, it's going to really be important if it's already located or painted, uh, marked or flagged. Certainly, it's going to be important to be able to include that in your reference point. Um, and then as you're going along, uh, we have some companies that we have worked with trained uh, who've actually started taking photos randomly while the work's going on, really trying to show you know, the, their work parallel with the marks that are going on or whatever and uh while i don't say that that has to be done i mean that's that's taking it one more step and saying hey we're going to do this as part of our process and, and I, I so i think pre-photos are very very important pre-work photos are very important after the fact the documentation uh oh let me say this that the we talk about photos and i've mentioned date and time stamp and gps points those are very important today it's easy to do there's free software that will allow you to do that kind of stuff. So uh, if, if I were an excavator and I were taking photos, I would make sure I'm taking photos that are date and time stamped and that, that have a GPS point reference. After the fact, photos must have that to be relevant. Uh, we've, we've been in cases on more than one occasion where somebody pulled out a photo that wasn't even in the same county, let alone the same job. So it's important that we can reference these photos.
1: Yeah, if you're not taking pictures in the right county, then you're not starting off on a good foot, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I couldn't help but chuckle to myself when I heard that one. That was good.
2: <laughs> well, it, it, happen, it, it happened It to us, actually, one time. That's the reason why it's always been so funny to me. And I've, I've heard that it's happened to other folks, too. And it's probably been inadvertent, uh, you know, giving folks the benefit of the doubt. Nonetheless, it can happen. So we need to, you know, when you excavate as much, Matt, as as you guys do, uh, and you took photos all the time, you got a lot of photos. And so trying to pull those things out a year later when a claims comes up or, you know, court case or whatever comes up can be a pretty daunting task. Uh, And it's it's a process that really you have to give some thought to, you know, how you're going to um, keep all this, keep it relevant and be prepared to pull the right information out at the right time. Big job.
0: Yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And that's been, I know for us at team construction, that's been critical to us as we we've developed a form and on the back of our form, it's got a place to do a sketch. And we, you know, we, we take photos and attach all that together, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and file it away. And so that way, if something were to come back, we would know straight where to get it. And, and have it to produce with with the correct photos and everything. And it, it comes in uh, majorly helpful at times. So well, you're i you're absolutely right about that.
2: Uh, another thing, Matt, that l- let me say about the investigation. So we talk a lot about the investigation, and, and rightly so. But the investigation is made up of two parts, basically. One's the technical side, you know, how to do it. Uh, and that is in part determined by the company itself. Somebody has to provide accountability, so if it's not being followed, it may not be effective. That's the technical side. The other side of it, it's the people side, the investigator themselves. You know, what are the qualifications you want for your investigator? Who's going to investigate? It's a, it's a very important decision, and the, the qualifications they have, the people skills that they have, are going to go a long way in determine how successful they are, even if they've got good technical qualities. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, sir. Absolutely. That, uh, that, that goes back to really even before the process starts, I try to tell my guys all the time, if you just communicate with people, this whole thing from, from getting your job marked to if there is a damage to investigating it later goes so much more smoothly. Just be willing to communicate and work with people.
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, man, we appreciate you sharing a little bit about the, about the damage process and stuff, but let me ask you this. Is there... It, Over the years, have you been able to recommend steps to help contractors maybe avoid a damage by, you know, things they may see on the job site, indicators of mismarked or unmarked utilities or or anything of that nature?
2: Well, that's a good question, and most of what I've learned about that is a direct result of talking to those old-time excavators, most of them who've gone on to that big hole in the sky. Um just, just the common sense approach that they used when they got into an area uh, was pretty amazing. I mean, obviously they looked for meters and manholes and, you know, those kinds of indicators. Uh, they, they had a sense of what color paint should be down in that area because they knew that utilities were generally in this area, but they didn't see that color paint. So uh, they were just very observant, which I call, you know, common sense, I guess. Uh, most people call it horse sense but horse sense is not all that common either so i guess either one will work um, but if they take this common sense approach and they look around at, at houses residential area or look look around in a business area i mean you pretty well know that they've got utilities and so do you see the evidence of how utilities get to that house if it's not aerial it's very likely underground if you don't see that color paint it's probably not painted and it's probably worth a call because you don't want to find it Because you will find it if it's there and it's not located, very likely. So you don't want to find it that way. So, you know, I just have a tremendous respect for the resiliency and the common sense approach that 99% of the excavators I've met in my life take when it comes to digging uh, because they didn't just stop on the side of the road and say, I think I'll dig a hole here. Somebody sent them there. They got a job to do. They got to get through. So when they get out, they scan the area. And if they see anything that doesn't look good, they usually give a call. That's pretty smart.
0: Yep, yeah, and in most places that call is pretty simple. Just got to dial, you know, three numbers, eight one one, and say, hey, I'm pretty sure there's something here.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right, brother.
0: All right, man. Well, again, I appreciate you sharing with us. I got one last question for you. And it should be should be a softball considering all the information you gave us already. Is it can you kind of highlight what uh a contractor should document or record when a damage occurs to, you know, get them headed on the right path.
2: Well, my recommendation is whether folks do it or not. My recommendation is the first thing you want to do is, uh, uh, when, when you quit shaking, depending on what you hit, (laughs) uh, definitely the, the area needs to be sketched out. And that's a 30,000 foot overview. It doesn't have to go into a ton of detail but needs to be sketched out. And then the photos that are going to tell the story which is going to be the magnifying glass look from the sketch. So if you show the sketch to the judge or to the claims guy and then you show the photo that matches the sketch and use those same reference points and you get, you, you get down right to the damage. You walk away from it. You walk toward it. Don't walk around it. Walk toward it so that you can see exactly what was taking place. And then you take that information and you put it on a legible, clear, concise form that can be understood either in claims or in court. Uh, it's uh, it's going to serve you well. I always remind folks that sometimes when you do a, an investigation, what you find out is that you should pay for this damage, that the failure was on your part. It could have been lack of training, it may not have been on the operator's part, maybe on the company's part. There was a failure on the company's part, whether it's the operator or the process. And if that's the case, you're not going to court and you're not going to claims. You're going to pay the claim. And then you're going to take that information from the investigation and you're going to refine your own process or you're going to refine your own expectations within your company so that you've prevented the reoccurrence of that damage. Saves the company money.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that is that's invaluable information right there. That's awesome, man. I, I really appreciate it.
2: My privilege.
0: Guys, it, you know, this is just a snippet of what Roger can offer you as a contractor when it comes to damage prevention and, and how to protect your company. And every year at the summit, he does a workshop on his damage his damage investigation course. And I've, I've sent all my safety team through it, and, and I would love to get more of my guys through it. So I really recommend you guys sign up for the, the Tennessee 811 Damage Prevention Summit this year. And and get in Roger's workshop because it really is just immensely valuable information that you're you're going to find a lot of value in. So please sign up for it. Um, Roger, Craig, thank you guys for joining us today. We really appreciate all the time you guys took to to come and and share with us.
1: Sure thing. And Roger's a great resource. Uh, Roger's a great resource to Tennessee eight one one. Roger can be a a great resource to excavators and utility operators in our state. And uh, the Damage Prevention Summit is definitely a great way to get some of that expertise out of Roger. So join us in March of 2021.
0: Looking forward to it. Again, thank you, Roger. Thank you, sir. All right, everybody. Roger and Craig have left the recording, and I again want to give them a huge thank you for coming on. And to Roger, I'm telling you guys, get signed up for the summit in March. And I know March seems a long way away, but go ahead and put it on your calendar because we know how busy things get. But it's going to be his course is extremely valuable you know no one goes out there with the intentions of tearing up underground utilities and just digging with reckless abandon you know we all want to do the best job we can at protecting existing facilities and everything but things happen and when things happen you've got to be prepared to protect yourself and roger can absolutely put you on the right track so again thank you to those guys for coming on and joining us but now guys i want to talk a little bit about the toolbox talk contest we're having for trench safety stand down um, you know, it's a more a little bit differently than the one we do for Safe Digging Month. Uh, this one, we're going to send out the Toolbox Talk. You'll see them coming in emails um, from our new executive director. And there'll be some rules attached. It's a simple contest. Have the crew get together while social distancing. Go over the Toolbox Talk. The, and the whole Toolbox Talk is just about spreading and reinforcing the message of trench safety. There have been far too many trench collapses and deaths in this, uh, just in this calendar year, just since January. So this is a, this is a real issue. We've been fortunate in Middle Tennessee that there's been no issues in our area because we, as a group, are doing a good job. But it's about more than just us, guys. Trench safety is industry wide, so we need to spread this message. So have the crews get together while maintaining their social distancing and go over the toolbox talk. Um, then I'd like you to take a one to two minute video of your crews going over it and send it in. Uh, there'll be a sign in sheet attached. Have everybody sign the sign in sheet. And then the crew that has the most particip- or not the crew, but the company that has the most participants in the trench safety stand down contest will be provided lunch for their company, courtesy of United Reynolds, Tennessee 811, and Nuka of Middle Tennessee. So, again, guys, simple. Read the toolbox talk to the crew while social distancing. Take video of, of it. Sign the sign-in sheet. Have everybody sign the sign-in sheet. Everybody in the company that does the sign-in sheet. Uh, and then turn it back in. And then we're going to take those videos and put them together in a little compilation of Nuke of Middle Tennessee coming together as a group in these difficult times. We're still coming together as a group to support Trent Safety. And we'll put it out on our Facebook and all our, our social media and media platforms. So guys get in there and do that and i know it sounds daunting trying to get your entire company to sign their sign-in sheet it doesn't have to be one sign-in sheet if you want to send a sign-in sheet to each crew and each crew turn their stuff back in that's perfectly acceptable so just get that stuff turned into us make sure all the appropriate information is on the sign-in sheet you know company name and all that stuff so we know which companies are have the most guys and, and all that stuff turning these things in so guys be looking forward to that coming from our new executive director. Um, You may have already seen it uh, at this point, but if you were a little unclear on it, hopefully this cleared it up. If you have any more questions, feel free to reach out. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to support you, support this chapter. So if you've got any questions, just feel free to reach out. And with that, guys, we'll go ahead and wrap up this week's episode. Thank you guys for listening. Again, thank you to Craig and Roger for joining us. And you guys stay safe out there and keep digging Tennessee.